Real quick before we start the show, just wanted to let you guys know you can get the show two days early by joining our Patreon. Even for a buck, you can listen to the show two days early. Go to patreon.com slash analog talk and we got a bunch of stuff over there. Check it out and uh, yeah, enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Analog Talk, a film photography podcast. I'm your host, Chris. I'm Tim. And on today's show, very exciting, we have the Brothers Right. Hi guys. Hey, how's it going? So I'm sure you've told this story a hundred times, but before we get into all the exciting things you guys have going on, do you mind giving our listeners a background on who you guys are and how you got into photography? Yeah, sure. Uh, so this is Brandon. Brian. Yeah, I'm Brian. So uh, hey. the difference between the voices may be a little difficult because we are twins. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Often some of my closer friends, when I pick up the phone, they call them or and in the background, they can tell the difference. So no. Good luck. let us know. <laughs> not, we are... Twin brothers who grew up together, um, started our photography business together when we were teenagers and have been shooting photography ever since. We are in our late 30s now, so that's about 20 years of mm-hmm. shooting experience Wow! Um, and working together. So, a lot of similarities, but we aren't the same person. That's <laughs> 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 a melding of the minds. We work together. Yeah, a lot. Um, tag team everything and that's I think how we've been able to accomplish the things that we have I ain't that special except I got a twin brother that's, that's kind yeah. of what I often say is, is he's made my life much better and vice versa I hope <laughs> but yeah we are first of all film photographers uh, started shooting photography in the 1990s when film was the like the only mm-hmm. app. Um, we were skateboarders and found my dad's old OM1. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Nice. And he gave us a couple pointers on how to shoot it. My brother got a job working at Qualex Photo Lab at a Target. And we started shooting and getting prints and uh, eventually became obsessed with shooting photography more than skateboarding. So we would shoot our friends skating and then that transitioned into some music photography down in Southern California, a lot of San Diego bands and stuff like that. And that was our passion for a while, and which actually spurred us on to move to Los Angeles in mm-hmm. the mid two thousands for our music photography career. We also shot weddings. Yeah. Um, never intended to, but then some of the musicians that we had shot their like tour documentary photos and album cover were like um, insistent that they wanted that style of photography for their wedding, and we found that there was oh, actually that's great, yeah, for, like, cool, creative fine art film photography in weddings, and that was about the time that that kind of started. More people are catching on to that too. Yeah, the early two thousands, like us growing up in, in weddings, is just like really, really boring photos. <laughs> Nothing really. <laughs> coming around to the late nineties, early two thousands, that's when actually wedding photography started getting more interest. Social media and yeah. blogs were pumping it up. Right. Wanted to have unique, beautiful weddings with photographs that they could put in, on the blogs for some weird reason. And uh, the influencer thing yeah, the, was in, happening. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it created a cool time for wedding photography where you could be creative, creative work yeah. actually was rewarded and there were clients that were looking specifically for people who maybe shot a lot of black and white uh, film mm-hmm. or uh, print in the dark room, stuff like that. Yeah. So that was probably our career wedding photography took off around the time we were planning on really doing going into music photography in yeah. Los Angeles. Um, and we built a, a pretty good career, shot probably about a hundred weddings, a little over a hundred weddings over yeah. eight years in Los wow. Angeles before we stopped doing that. Had a lot of fun. We had the best clients ever in the yeah. world always because we were always very upfront with them. Like we shoot the way we shoot. If you'd like our portfolio, hire us if you're wanting us to do something different or I'll somebody re- else. I'll refer you to someone else. And yeah, so that's a smart way to do it. Like-minded for us and mm-hmm. allowed us to do our photography the way we wanted to, which was a kind of more rock and roll style documentary mm-hmm. and also more creative, uh, I guess you could say more risky portraits, shooting large format, Polaroids, double exposures and stuff like that. Just kind of, it was really rewarding, honestly. Yeah. But also the wedding industry was not where we wanted to end up in land. Yeah. We wanted to do 30 mm-hmm. years of shooting weddings. I did not like networking with uh, planners and florists. It wasn't our yep. favorite. It was like our opportunity to shoot and document <laughs> these people on this amazing day. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The instant weddings, I mean, amazing for some people. It just wasn't our vibe. Right. It wasn't like what we wanted to do. So, meanwhile, we were also shooting uh, music photography. Still shooting artists and, yeah. and doing stuff with music, live tour documentary um, mm-hmm. and portraits. 
um, which was also very rewarding because there's something about having an artist that creates an audio experience and then you have to create a visual experience that's also a portrait of them that help represents that that sound, right? Yeah. And so we always got a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. And live music's always fun in like concerts and, and uh, festivals and stuff. But in that process, we were also shooting like some Super 8 and 16 millimeter for motion. Um, a little bit of that Super 8 made it into the wedding stuff we did too. And we decided that there wasn't enough film options anymore. Um, <laughs> and one of them was a tungsten balanced film. Of course, back in the day, we used to shoot 64T a bunch, but a high speed tungsten that was available in motion picture was like the biggest, our, our 16 millimeter footage was looking better than our still <laughs> oh, wow. yeah. um, even like medium format. And like yeah. the goal was to get it so that we could shoot it in our Leica or in a Hasselblad. There's a lot of steps between that. Yeah, I bet. Achieving uh. that. And like the initial steps were like working with a motion picture lab with uh, links that were cut down to, 30 to 40 feet long, which is still too long. It's like 250 exposures. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, at a wedding. Yeah. Yeah. At a wedding. (laughs) Even live music and touring is actually really good, um, except for the fact that it broke our backs. We're we're young and we could like recover pretty quick. Uh, Can't haul that 15 pound camera around now. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Weddings, I think, was the biggest one. Yeah. We refuse to shoot digital at weddings. Yeah. Okay. And when it, we did some strobe stuff, but it's not really fun to have a whole bunch of strobes going off during speeches and receptions. It just yeah, draws right. a lot of attention. And we like to be the fly on the wall photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, we love sitting at guest tables, getting to know the guests, mingling with them on mm-hmm. the dance floor, dancing a little bit. Yeah, that's get... how you get the best stuff too when you're mm-hmm. just kind of yeah, – totally. Yeah. So, but people do want color of their reception. They yeah. spend all yeah. this money on centerpieces and, and how they decorate. And when the lighting sometimes is really yeah, nice colors. beautiful colors and like string lights and stuff. And I love shooting black and white and pushing Triax to 3200, uh, Delta 3200. We did a lot of that, but – we really needed that color ambient light, like natural ambient light for the still photography, for their wedding mm-hmm. album, stuff like that. And that's why we really had to figure out how do we get this 500T motion picture stock that's so great in low tungsten light wow. into our Leica. And oh, if we man. couldn't get into the Leica, that's why we got the 33 feet and a 250 exposure back on a Nikon F3. Um, and we did that for a while. But then we're like, we got to make this. We got to make this happen. And we talked with Kodak and we were like, how can we make this happen? And we ended up inventing a process to convert motion picture film to be compatible with still photography processing. A big part of that is removing the motion picture film has an additional layer that's opaque black on the back of the film that gets washed off as the first step before processing. And if you don't wash it off, it ruins your chemicals. It's sludge. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Very hard to do by hand. We did that. We, of course, that was the first thing we did is just, you know, cut it into short lengths, put it in my Leica and shoot it and then remove yeah, that layer. And before then remove it. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it just was a tarry mess because that stuff just becomes like this goopy tar. Mm-hmm. Um, it would leave little, uh, it would basically impregnate into the emulsion when it was floating around in the yeah. tank. Oh, um, okay. But we did get results that way. And uh, no ways to do it, but yeah. But our, our best results were coming from, you know, the motion picture lab way. Yeah. Uh, but no one else, all the people that we were in the film community were, were like, I'm not going to sh- get a 250 exposure back, but I want to film because it's great. Like your push processing, it looks yeah. awesome at concerts or re- wedding receptions with cool lighting. But then in the end, we still wanted to put it in a Leica. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I want yeah. Yeah. exposure both back on one shoulder. And then on the other shoulder, I got my Leica M2 with, you know, Delta 3200 or something in it or Triax pushed. And I'm really loving using the Leica, but it's not color, you know? So that was the inspiration for us to try to build a machine and a process that was kind of novel, never been done before, where we could shoot the film without Rimjet on it so that we can still take it to our favorite photo labs and stuff um, and get that high-end result. That high-end result. And through a lot of R&D and design of equipment, we made a machine that could do it, but then it would also make, you know, within an hour, it'd make more than enough film that we could shoot for a year so um so wild yeah we got a bunch of other photographers uh who are also in weddings and other Mm -hmm. other this is around 2012 2013 yeah okay Uh, okay we made so much we like hand spooled some like try it out 
like according to our tests with C41 processing, it works really compatible. It actually turns out better for, for still photography, uh, like printing in RA4 than even the motion picture stock, like process the motion picture lab because it's now producing a negative that's made for still photography. Mm. Uh, that's the right density and everything. And it, people just loved it. And like, you have to keep doing this. So we released the beta test roles and wrapped that up and then launched selling on like Etsy and distributing through freestyle photographic supplies and working with people in that's Germany. And that was that first year. Yeah. That's when Sinistil was born. Yeah. Oh, happy wow. birthday. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, since then, still photographers, but um, backed out of weddings, stopped doing the, the music hustle and really 100% focused on the, this. Um, I mean, that's really where our passion yeah. lied. And especially yeah. in those times in like 2012, 2013, it was, it was pretty harsh. So many discontinued films and yeah. we were passionate about keeping film and the analog experience alive. And so that's when we turned into film manufacturing and yeah. being a brand instead of a, a brand that was a bigger than the trend brothers, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that's what we are now. I mean, we're a bigger company. We got 14 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Office, so yeah. not huge, but uh, we're a team. It's not, it started out as like our brainchild, yeah. our baby, but now it's bigger than that. And we've released chemistry that's made yep. it easier to do black and white processing at home with a mono bath, uh, C41 chemistry to make that more available. And we have a lot, a lot of stuff that we're working on. Our, our goal here personally, and I think everyone at the company agrees, is to make the analog experience more accessible and more dynamic. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're not the only company that's trying to do that. Yeah, that's, thank God. There's a huge resurgence. It's of massive, yeah. Small companies coming through and collaborating, and uh, you know, we work with people all around the world who are working with film manufacturing and finishing to make sure that I mean, there's dozens of jobs all over the world of people making stuff for us. Yep. Yeah. It's a really good, nice collaborative effort to use the the infrastructure that's still there. Uh, a lot of it was lost through the digital revolution and scaling back mm -hmm. and stuff. But it, there's a lot of infrastructure still there and there's a lot of desire now and films bigger than ever as but, far as bigger than ever since digital. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, what do you, I mean, from, from 2012, you know, when you guys were starting this to now, was there ever a part or a point in the middle where you were kind of scared for what was happening before kind of this resurgence, like really big resurgence that's been going yeah. on? Yeah, that's scary at times. We're losing 220 stock. We're losing, um, you know, different slide films and things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's why it was important for us to make something available to just kind of create a stir for photographers where they, they're not so depressed about all these decisions. Yeah, seriously. If you don't like it, that's great. But everyone's going to like that something's happening and it's a good yeah. quality product. But honestly, we had a lot of belief in the direction culture was going that this was going to turn around as long as everyone else. The analog experience was there was a massive need for it even back yeah. then before. Yeah. Before, yeah. Now everyone talks about like how analog's back and everyone mm -hmm. needs analog and we need an analog experience. Yeah. But we were, we believed that back then. But yeah, no. But we were, we were worried that. We were worried. <laughs> that some of the infrastructure that was required for this was not believing in it. And mm -hmm. we wanted to do everything we can to make sure that that infrastructure was fed. And part of that was like reaching out to people all over the world to collaborate on finishing film, making sure that they're doing good and just making friends basically with everyone in the uh, film manufacturing industry. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people started seeing the light and seeing <laughs> collaboration is the way forward. And that honestly, like I used to always try to explain to people that like digital is here. It's great. It's awesome. And it's going to, you know, change and the experience will change and get better but it's all ones and zeros right. we're going to miss it along people are going to want a process that's a tactile process a physical process where there's nuance introduced through chemistry and imperfections mm. or deliberate creative choices that uh you know change the nature of the entire process where you can't really do that with digital it's all post-processing right yeah. and i really believed in analog that it was it was the way of the future and we live in a digital world and we're entering into a post-digital world where digital is here, of course, but we're not all raving about it and freaking out about how I know. Oh. <laughs> we're not now. I think we've come to that. Like there's very few people out there, you know, jumping out and saying, film is dead or mm -hmm. analog is over or check out my awesome new camera that 50 megapixels. It's like, yeah, a lot of people have those now. It's not really that exciting. <laughs> right. I, I know. That's so true. 
Oh. So it, the excitement is gone. So now we accept it. And now analog is exciting, especially to young people who grew up with a phone in their pocket that could take photos. Right. That Photos are just like common as air. Right. Be, you know? But actually using a process and taking analog photos is very appealing to people, more so than even using a DSLR or a mirrorless camera. And I yeah. think that's the future. I was going to say, because it is it it is like, we've all were around before that was, you know, film was the only thing. And like mm-hmm. our prom photos, we had to wait an hour to get them back, you know, and all that stuff. But like this generation, it's new and exciting because they've never had that before. Yeah. You know, they've never had that experience at all. Mm-hmm. And it's, they think that's like insane to think about, but it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. Like, I don't know. I like go to jazz nights on Monday nights at Gold, Gold Diggers In and I see people doing videos on their phone and it looks amazing. Like you, yeah. it's not hard anymore to right. capture a moment on even your phone. But then they that take looks their, pretty damn good. But then that's they take so their point shoot film camera out and mm-hmm. snap a few shots as well. Yeah. And then yeah. Those get shared on Instagram or just printed and put in their personal photo album. Who knows? You can do whatever you want, but it's not – the gap's gone. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. if you're going to shoot analog, if you're going to shoot photography, it's because you want that experience. Yeah. Right. So, that's great. I actually think that we're going to – we're in a resurgence. We're in a renaissance of where, sure, analog was king back in, you know, the 80s and 90s and technology yep. was getting to the point where color film was so freaking good. Um, I mean, black and white's been good since the, you know, 1920s, even yeah. prior. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best. Yeah. You're like, holy crap, that was taken in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. But color really reached its peak in like the 80s and 90s and, and becoming supreme. But back then it was analog was king because analog was the only thing that you could make a photograph of. Yeah. So there was not that intentional choice of like, I'm into this. People just did it because they had to. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. people yeah. should film photographs because they want film photographs. They want yeah. And honestly, I think there's a higher percentage of film photos taken that are amazing today, even though like there's less yeah, there's photography rich, there's on film rich, these yeah, days. Yeah. The, oh, quality, right. the, the intentionality of like, I'm shooting film is so much higher and the new products coming out are super dope too. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to more and more options coming out for the analog photography experience. Yeah, me too. Things yeah. are just getting easier and easier, like scanning yeah. now now with all these different scanning techniques and and even like you were saying with your your monobath, I remember I had a there was a kid I ran into in the coffee shop every morning that I'd stop in, I'd grab coffee, go to work, and we'd always talk about he'd listen to the show and he was like, "Man, I just I'm so scared to take that jump into developing my own film." The next day I brought him in a little tank a bottle of your mono bath yeah. and some stuff. And I was like, dude, it is so simple. Just you'll blow your own mind doing this. Yeah. And I gave it to him. And like a couple days later, he was like, I'm hooked. Like I I just bought all this stuff. I just did all <laughs> that. And it's like, that's all it takes is just a little, a little push. A little yeah. inspiration. Yeah. So it's so much easier than it was when we were coming up in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, there's less labs to go to, right? So you yeah, used to be yeah, yeah. a Target or Walmart was or easy, drugstore yeah. <laughs> and get your photos back. But as far as like really digging in, it just keeps getting better. It's yeah. awesome. When you guys were figuring this all out in the beginning, did you ever think that it would be where it is today? Mm. Or did you did you kind of think like, this will be a th- cool thing. We'll pass out to friends and like, that. you know. <laughs> that initially, yeah. it was our own selfish desire for this, you know, 800 tungsten speed film. And wanted to share it. And then also all of our friends who also, because there was a really good uh, like Facebook group. <laughs> That's what, how we all stayed connected. It's funny. Yeah. That saved film in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was not dead movement. Like that was the internet allowed these people from all over the world to be in contact and to share information and be like, this lab's great. You know, this is how you get good photos and don't use the, the dying drugstore labs who just push it through in 30 minutes. They're going to yeah. make film. Right. Like that. Exactly. Yeah. So I think like we were part of this group of other photographers and that kind of opened the door a little bit. Like, I want to do this, but not only do I want to do this, people are asking us. Like, our friends are being like, wow, you're writing photos. You know, the reception stuff is so beautiful. How are you doing that? And it just kind of, we were like, well, I don't really want to start a business. Like, that was yeah. not our goal to start with. We wanted okay. to just keep doing our photography, but like, yeah. available. But we didn't think the process was proprietary to give us our signature look. And yeah. We thought everyone had a right to know how it was done. And even if yeah. I told them how I did it, it's their their work's going to look like their work regardless. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, you're right. That's true. Because, I mean, you could you, you could have just been like, I don't know. Uh, magic. Uh, magic. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, that's the name. We never were like that. Yeah. No, you guys aren't like that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm elitist in the sense that I like the best of the best being there. You know? Yes. But I don't think that means that, like, that's the only way to do it. Yeah. You know? Uh, I like 
having the option to go for the best. And when people do a crappy job, ugh, I don't like sharing that, you know, like yeah. I, don't, I don't like, I just don't like crappy labs really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so a little elitist when it comes to the, the services provided for photographers, but yes. when it comes to like the experience, like, yeah, everyone, should, everyone should be able to have access. Yeah. Which but actually, no, I, I, well, going back to the question, yeah. I, I don't think we intended to grow to this size. I think mm. we just wanted to make sure that somebody did it. And it turned out that like we were the ones who did it. Yeah. That's pretty much it is like, we, this needs to happen. And then we did it and we actually kind of loved it and yeah. now we're still doing it. And so now we're here and now we have bigger visions now. And I don't think if you told me we'd be still 2022 releasing a new color film. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I'd, I'd be like, bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like, really? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I do have the passion for it and it wasn't like an impossibility. It just wasn't really what we had in mind at the time. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's funny how life does that. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. It's like you were just, let me try this experiment. And then here we are <laughs> yeah. now, like do what you're passionate about. And then like when life gives you opportunities to pursue that in different ways, don't be narrow minded. Yeah. Take it. Yeah. And then, I don't know. I think I'm pretty happy about it. <laughs> I mean, that's so true because I mean, I'm somebody who'd be like, yeah, it's just a thing I do. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, you never think like you can make a living making, a, you know, and, and giving back to the community and like all the things that comes along with being the founders of Cinestill, you know? Yeah, it's, it's awesome. cool. It's not what I expected. It's not, but <laughs> definitely there were points in the roadmap where we made decisions to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we had to know it was viable yeah. <laughs> before we could grow more and invest in it. Yeah. Um, but it's been so rewarding beyond just having any level of success. It's been rewarding seeing that we're putting something out there that we're standing on the shoulders of giants, right? Like these other analog companies uh, that are still around or were around that kind of built analog back mm -hmm. in the day. But we get to be a part of getting things out there and we see people create with the tools we we've made available images that I never would have created. Right. That's yeah. gotta be the most, one of the most rewarding parts is like yeah. you guys even scroll through your guys' Instagram. You're like, oh, all that work is stunning. It's so great. You know? And it's, it's because the, that certain film is very different than anything else that's really out there. Mm -hmm. And I just, every time I go to Instagram, I'm like, wow, this stuff is like dreamy, mm -hmm. yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. So, good. so we're, we're very, it's very fulfilling beyond any level of success that we have. But the success makes it so we can do more of it. <laughs> yeah. More. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Man, I, 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 I wish I could look inside of your brains of all the ideas <laughs> that you have that you want to do. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's hard. It's something, yeah, you got to keep focus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Now, is all, all the photography, you guys, I'm assuming it's all just personal work at this point? You're not taking any? Yeah. You yeah. must be too busy. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We do some paid work here and there, but like we don't promote it. Or but that's anything. not for getting. It's more favors yeah, for friends exactly. or people that we used to work with. Being like, yeah, I'll, I'll go shoot that, and I'll help you out with those photos for your, you know, clothing company or whatever. Like I want, but that's just because I like working as a photographer. Yeah, you know, someone giving me an assignment. Um, right. Don't have to do it all the time, and it's not my only passion. But it's nice to do it a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of that. That's kind of my mindset. Like I like working as a photographer. Yeah. So I was wondering if that was like something that you were still passionate about, or felt like you needed to do. Mm. You know, well, like consider yourself a photographer, if or whatever that means. It's also good when, like, if we have to like travel the world to go to meet with people that we collaborate with in our industry. I take advantage of it, and I bring my film cameras and. Oh um, yeah. I still yeah. <laughs> that itch one way or another. I that's give good. myself projects, you know? Yeah, that's good. That's kind of a, a more fun place to be where you're not depending on, like, I got to book the next thing and that I don't really want to shoot, but I have to, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's all fun. Some people thrive off that. I don't know. Yeah. I'm very satisfied with the way it's going now. <laughs> I mean, either way, like being an entrepreneur, either as a photographer or starting a film yeah. business, like you still got to do your taxes and that's not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't forget to do your taxes. No. You know, a photographer, you're not doing photography probably more than half the time to be, make a living, right? It's true. So I don't think I need to be a working photographer, like depending on it for my income or even still to really enjoy photography. In fact, there are times where I'm like, well, just separating the two sometimes is nice to know that yeah. I'm not grinding through to get these images for someone else. I'm taking these images for me. Mm -hmm. So I get to do more of that now, I guess, because I'm not doing a gig every week or a couple of weeks where I'm doing mostly handling pictures that will belong to somebody else. Yeah. I get to shoot when I want to. Yeah. I get to, you know, process it and leave the negatives hanging for a couple of weeks if I'm busy and not have to be pressured into like, hurry up and get, get them out there. Get them out right. there. I can right. Take it. Man, that's my jam. 
I can't. Yeah. I can't. The pressure. The pressure kills me. I'm. I'm not built for that world. I just <laughs> yeah. like to shoot to shoot. Yeah. But yeah, like I think motion is actually really fun too that we've been doing yeah. a lot lately. I mean, we could talk about. We're just recently our most recent project was filming a trailer for our filmmaker. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. And that was all shot on sixty millimeter and like. Uh, and so that was like an assignment because it was yeah. Well, it was basically mm-hmm. we're doing it for Cinestill. <laughs> we were working for Cinestill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's cool. You guys don't have to like outsource. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that was really really fun. I mean, I guess we got the privilege of being selected for the job because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that was that was work, and that was working in motion, and we like doing that too. We've done some music videos for some friends over the last couple mm-hmm. of years that were a lot of fun. But yeah, I, I just love film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Being able to use it in different ways, and even motion, we're getting I think more and more into motion and shooting. Oh, cool. Do you think the you think the company will get into motion at all, or are you guys just going to be strictly stills? If we come up with an idea that helps the industry again, like it's, Why not? it's yeah. about improving the future of analog. Um, we are located in Hollywood, yeah. and so we're a local Kodak motion picture pickup. Yeah. That's so a lot do. of students yeah. and uh, commercials, music videos, and smaller productions will come in to pick up their stuff like last minute. Like, I need a few more cans. And they can just yeah. order online oh, cool. and buy a pickup. So we are definitely tied into that industry a little bit because of that. Yeah. yeah. It's really fun to see the projects people are working on. It'll never – I don't think our focus will ever shift to like producing music videos or something like yeah. that. Or yeah. becoming a massive production company that just produces tons of short films. And mm-hmm. probably that won't be ever our main thing. Mm-hmm. But who knows? We like it, and we like being a part of it and helping helping people create. If we you know? see a response, uh, a, an opportunity, we tend to want to pursue it. We're tempted, <laughs> but, but we also want to be responsible mm-hmm. and know what, how it impacts the whole industry and the consumer. Like, so we do assess kind of from every angle when we're doing mm-hmm. that. What we did when starting Cinestill, we thought it was going to be positive for everyone, and that's about business sustainability, right? Mm-hmm. I think so far we've done very good with all the things we've released. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are times where we wonder, we think it's needed. And everything we make is because I'd want it, which is a good place yeah. to be as an uh, entrepreneur, um, believing in your products. But sometimes we don't know how much other people are going to want it. And yeah. whether we do like a beta release and find out everyone loves it or crowdfunding campaign, it, those things are very helpful. We're always mm-hmm. listening to the community. I was just going to say, we just, we want to fill a need that yeah. other people aren't, you know, like yeah. I'm not trying to go in there and do something that someone else is already doing well and yeah, just try yeah. to in there and take a piece of their pie. We want to bring out stuff that people need that they won't get access to without us, mm-hmm. like something to improve the experience, improve their experience and just as a whole. I think that shows too. I think it like all the releases you guys have down to, you know, the the chemicals for E6, like those mm-hmm. different, you know, your different tone packs of that. I love trying those and finding out which one of the three of those works best for my yeah. you know you don't get that when you just buy a normal box kit of that you don't get that option to pick you know from three right. different tones of how and i just everything you guys put out just just kills like i'm such a fanboy so i don't want you know I'm, i, I don't want to be like oh everything's wonderful like, it's 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 great i love it well i mean we do that stuff because we're fanboys too like we love yeah. the new actor yeah. right and we're like so pumped that it came out again and they yeah re- it's amazing i love mm-hmm. it Agreed. Possibly my favorite slide film ever released, but I did love 64T back in the day. Um, <laughs> so if anybody wants to create that again. I know, uh, right? Come on. This is the T6 tungsten developer. No, it's T100. <laughs> like, honestly, let's multiply the number of slide film looks that are available by three. Yeah. yeah. That's, that was the goal. Yeah. Or, or more even because the dynamic chrome, you can do different dilutions to get different tonality and, and colors. That's definitely my favorite one too. I yeah. Everyone's seen Most people. That's yeah. their favorite. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. the tungsten one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Burning Daylight filmed the tungsten film. Like yeah. it's super rad. But I get why it's not the most popular. <laughs> I thought more people would want the D6, which is the daylight chrome. Because it looks exactly the way a lab would process it. Right. So, Chrome looks the way that it was designed, right? In D6. Yeah, in the D6. But, like, our, by far our most popular is the D9 because it gives you all that flexibility. That's just wild that you guys came out with that. Like, come on. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> Brian, Brian spent a lot of time in R&D on that. So. Nice. Thank wow. you, Brian. I was just really, really, I helped him out. 
and stuff, but that he gets a lot of the credit for the R&D in that. Thanks. So I have I have another question about the beginning of Cinecil. But when you started realizing you wanted to be, this to be a bigger thing, I'm sure you had to reach out to like Kodak and explain to them like, so here's what we want to do. Yeah. How did they <laughs> respond to that? Were they accepting right away, or did it, would it take some convincing? Or I don't think there was a central voice. That's um, the thing. So like, because Kodak's a big company and a lot of right. people, there's still photography division, there's motion division. I think every single person was kind of like, wait, what? This is a different yeah. <laughs> this is a different model than they're used to because they're Kodak. Yeah. Right. But I think overall, once we talked to anybody and talked about it just for a little bit, they're like, this is great. This is cool. Everybody yeah, everybody in the industry that we've collaborated with, whether it's in Europe or in the US or anyone who actually listened to us, so maybe not Japan. Um, <laughs> everyone that was willing to listen to us heard us out and they're like, you're onto something. You know, let, let, you have a good point that we, you aren't trying to compete or people should analog right. eating it should be growing yeah. right we shouldn't be trying to convert people from one film type to another we should be converting people from digital to film mm-hmm. right uh, and i think that people understood that and thought it was refreshing for people to think that way even if they thought we were naive and it's not going to grow like that and then it did <laughs> wow people, they believed in it and they were willing to participate and like everyone is doing their part and we just got to be a part of it i think our ability to actually like collaborate with different companies around the world old hundred year brands and stuff is yeah because we approach it as business like yeah i mean our not, I mean, Codex of business. Not everyone even shoots film or cares about film who yep. works there. That's not right. the only product they make either. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Those who are involved in the film stuff tend to be pretty passionate because, mm-hmm. I mean, they do something amazing um, yeah. here in Rochester. We're actually visiting Rochester right now. Um, oh. But yeah. Nice. It's, it's <laughs> so they have some pride in that. Um, but I, I think just presenting to them, presenting to everybody that, like, yeah, we're in a marketplace, right? And people are going to be competing. But in the end, we can also create a marketplace that is thriving if we work right. together. Yeah. Mm. And not just saying that, but actually doing that and actually working together. I think we've built some good relationships. And and was this at a time, was this still 2012 when they're like, I don't know, it's all going away. We don't know. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, it was more turbulent in those. Yeah, years. yeah. People have thought that, yes. There was a <laughs> bankruptcy that divided the company. Uh-huh. Yeah. So still photography and, you know, motion and manufacturing would be completely separate. It was it was turbulent. Um, that happened to many other companies, People lost too. Yeah. their jobs, you know. For some people, yeah. Kodak, I mean, Kodak kept going, but they didn't get keep their job at Kodak. All so, right. to them, it's like, yeah, nope, my job's gone, so mm-hmm. I guess it's done. But also... Some people came back to Kodak because of this resurgence. And yeah. I've met people who, who left Kodak and came back and like, yeah, I work at Kodak again. It's great. We'll see. I think there's a bright potential for, for the film industry. Small companies, of course, because the market, you can reach, as a small company, you can reach the world nowadays, yeah. which is awesome. And especially with this community that loves to share information and support new brands. But also the bigger companies are starting to like recognize that like, yes, we have this amazing technology. It's not a brand new technology. But it's a technology that we have, like, only all yeah, of the technology. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it really does. In every film manufacturing company, pretty much, what they create, someone else can't create because it's, yeah. like, it's a formula they came up with, right? Over um, decades and decades yeah, of work. Exactly. And, and uh, there's something special about all of it. It's not a household item anymore. It's not in everyone's junk drawer. Yeah. Anymore, but yeah. more and more people want to have it in their camera bag or – you know, sitting, you know, in their fridge and uh, ready to shoot. Um, whether you're a hobbyist, which is huge, that's ma- that's been the biggest growth, but professionals alike um, are really just embracing analog along with digital being part of our world. It's it's really cool to see, like, commercial photographers who were, like, huge back then and, like, had switched yeah. over and now they're, like, getting back into film. Yes. That's yeah, I hear that more and more now, too. Like, yeah. like it's one thing for, like, us, like, the wedding photographer. Like, I... Learned on film, switched mm-hmm. to digital for a little bit, and like now I've been back for a number of years now. But to see like the, in, in the professional world, it's like it also makes it easier for anybody who's as a professional. Like I shoot film, they're not like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Okay, yeah." Like I it's so much, yeah. so much easier to like navigate. Like there's a film budget. Is that cool? They're like, "Okay, yeah, 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 definitely," because they already know yeah, about it now. It's like images, right? Yeah, you know, it's, right, it's, exactly. It's not like a gimmick because other mm-hmm. people shoot film. It's about well, if that's what you do. I don't want to argue with that because the results you get are what I like and so you should be able to do it. I was just thinking about the resurgence as a whole to Mm -hmm. like experience that like from the from beginning to end I guess and and witnessing it from because 
I first yeah. saw, heard about you guys. Um, the Fine Lab had that like mini film doc with a bunch of like Wendy Laurel was yeah. in it. Yeah, you guys were in it, and that was before Cinecittel, I think, because that was before I moved to LA. So that was and just being into it in the like first half of the resurgence, maybe I guess I don't know, but to seeing it to where it is now, which is like exponentially larger and it just is just it's kind of a cinderella story you know? yeah yeah i think oh. i'm like trying to find the words of the metaphor or whatever i'm talking about but the, yeah exactly a cinderella story it's like yes yeah. <laughs> you look great girl you look great just just i think it was the indie the indie film lab oh was it, it? Oh, i'm sorry i'm yeah. sorry yeah just so i i'm sure we'll get bombarded in the comments of, of sorry it was that. the indie it, film lab you're right <laughs> no yeah that was a really fun little documentary um Honestly, those guys are great. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, fine, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all... Uh, see, that's the other thing all I think that has great. really helped is workflow. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. photographers are shooting film, motion, or still, like, because the workflow can work. And I yeah. think that was the thing that, like, people, when they first switched to digital, because it was, like, such a more quick turnarounds and all that stuff. Great arguments for a commercial photographer to shoot digital instead of film back then. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think there was a resistance, like, well, film's just so much harder, but labs... Um, new technologies for scanning at home even. It can give you a lot faster turnaround with a high quality with actually less work than having to post-process your own digital files yep. and stuff. So, And people are more open to like sprinkling in some film into their commercial work mm-hmm. as opposed to like, well, if I go film, I got to do all film. And it's like, well, do what you can do and what works for the project or your look. Yeah. And maybe that's all film. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to more of that more of workflow solutions i should yeah. say whether it's a it's a lab or a service or things you can do yourself at home yeah amazing yeah. and i think they're coming too i mean just with yeah. how things yeah. have been when we were at the the film padilla in san clemente mm-hmm. before all hell broke loose with the world that was like a hot topic when we were doing our live episode there it was just like what's the future of like scanning film or is this ever mm-hmm. going to get any easier and it's like it's finally starting to roll out you know what i mean like things are things are pretty easy you know these days yeah, I, way I, easier than they were before like, yeah yeah five years ago even mm-hmm. yeah, it started really difficult to get good scans i'm not going to talk too specifically on this because there's other people who can talk about that but uh we all know like there's you could scan. It took you a long time. The sharpness maybe sometimes wasn't there, especially on smaller mm-hmm. formats like 35. Mm-hmm. Um, so the labs were just awesome. And then, honestly, the labs that stuck around, like, like the ones we've been talking about, Richard Photo Lab, Find Lab, Indie Lab, yeah. like all these different Outland. labs. Yeah, there, there's so many Fort Wayne Film Lab now. Like these labs are what kind of bridge that gap. But now there's a, there's going to be these like movements in analog. And there's been several already. It's still like the Renaissance, but it's like changing into like different aspects of it. And the next one is the simplification of high quality scanning yourself um, that saves time comparatively and um, increases quality. And there's a lot of people working on that technology to make it better. Yeah, that's amazing. I can't wait. So I guess that brings us up to now. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) To what you guys have going on now. Can you talk about the exciting thing you'll be releasing soon yeah so right now if you go to cinestillfilm.com right at the top of the page <laughs> big banner, we're doing a, a crowdfunding campaign which is now fully funded for a new yes. color film 35 millimeter was our first goal 120 was the second we blew those out of the water in the 20 24 hours yeah, yeah. that's wild i love yeah. hearing that and then four by five all of a 400 speed, we call it 400 dynamic, mm-hmm. based on, I mean, this is a very unique film because it is, it is an original film that Cinecell worked with our partners to release. It's based on some technologies that are already available in some other films, but there was a significant need right now, if anybody didn't notice, um, for more for, like 400 speed color, color films, right. specifically yeah. in 35. That's why that was our first goal is, yeah, we need more of that available on the market and we have the ability to get more into the market. And we've been working on this specific film for several years and we've, we're wow. finally able to, we got our beta rules in and tested. And in fact, our first alpha batch, first batch of truly what do you call the it? final formula the final finished formula, product the yeah. finished product is being shipped out within the next week, week. Yeah. i mean probably shipping oh, right now actually <gasps> to our first early bird backers yeah. yes uh, that's me i'm one of those no, it's not Can't one wait. of those <laughs> crowdfunding campaigns that hopefully we can do this maybe in the future no. yeah right now and um the response from the community what that's doing is it's helping us gauge interest and demand and it's blown where the, the community blew it out of the water so now we're going to go 
how Full much? force ahead. We're going to make as much mm. as well, so we, that we, people can have access to the film they need. Yeah, we definitely um, knew that this was a need. Mm. And the timing panned out pretty good. Um, I mean, you just basically make it as fast as you can and mm. get it finalized, make sure it's good quality. Um, but it's worked out really well. We, I wish we had done it a year ago, but we were, you know, it wasn't ready yet. Yeah. Uh, but we just didn't know how much, right? Um, and that's really hard to gauge these days because, like, every film stock out there, especially color film, it's like it sells out and then it gets on back order for a while. So yep. what what is that gap that's missing? And we couldn't guess that gap because I'll make a million rolls of film, but then half of it's <laughs> going to expire. That's not good for business. Right. <laughs> not sustainable. But who knows? Maybe that is it. But Gauging how much interest there is through this crowdfunding campaign definitely has increased how much we can produce because, or how much we are planning to produce safely and know that, yeah, this is going to sell. Well, we know there's at least 10,000 people who gave their back. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Amen on this. When we first were planning the campaign, and this is give you a good insight into it. We thought maybe 10,000, man, that'd be so cool, but we're not sure. But like that, man, that's possible, I think. Um, where if we hadn't crowdfunded, we would couldn't have been that like right. optimistic. We would have to be like, well, let's make what's responsible, and it would be. Would, I guarantee, you, less. It would have been less. Uh-huh. Yeah, out more often for at least next six months as things cycle over a year. Like we could probably, we wouldn't know what the demand is. We just know it sells out, yeah. <laughs> and that's been a problem before. Um, so with this, we were like, yeah, it'd be pretty great if we could reach ten thousand. So like that can be our last stretch goal is 10,000. But if we don't get too close to that, we don't want to like tease people too much. Yeah, um, but yeah. we had a plan for when we hit 10,000, we wanted to do something special. And which is why we waited until it looked achievable and decided to okay encourage people mm-hmm. and that if we hit 10,000, something special is coming, which is 220 film. Yes. Now, now the goal is <laughs> right now we've, we've fully funded all of our initial stretch goals and all of what we want to make this film available in as many formats as possible that are currently available. Now we're at a stretch stretch goal where we can make it in a format that's not available for any color film. A new, well, it's not a new format. It's a very no. old format. Yeah. 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 amazing format that is nearly impossible to come by unless you find some expired film. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring 220 back with 400 dynamics. I can't wait for the film community to freak out yeah. <laughs> when they find out that this is a I, thing. I mean, that's up to the film community to decide, honestly. Like, yeah. we yeah. really want to do this. I've wanted to do this personally, just mm-hmm. from my background. I love medium format, but I also like shooting a lot of film, whether it was weddings or documentary and stuff. So 220 was fit me perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's what we're asking for is um, we've extended the campaign an extra seven days to kind of create this one week window where people can come and say, yes, give us 220. We need it. Mm. Or, you know, if you really aren't that interested, you don't have to. No. It's up to them. But this is something that we've wanted to do for a long time. And so our goal is to meet that goal and people come back for 220 rewards and to get them 220 film this year by yeah. December. Um, Amazing. And this will be the initial batch. This is not something that we can just like pull the trigger on. There's no machines to make 220 that exists today, but we do have leads on um, basically setting up our assembly line and building it with some of our partners to bring 220 back to life with oh my dynamic. God. Yeah, we've already <laughs> there's, This is honestly the rest of the campaign. There's zero risk. Like yeah. we've, we've already done all the R and D and everything's coming out um, all the way up through four by five. We're ready to do it. We just need to make sure that, well, we just needed to gauge the demand so we didn't underfulfill. We yeah, didn't yeah, right. Little yeah. people are like, "Cool new film that I can't shoot." Thanks. Um, whereas this is a, is a little different. This actually, the, there is a risk that we need to R and D some of this still. That's why the rewards are going to be delivered in December. Yeah. Um, but we're also not going to string people along either. If you back for two twenty, we can't produce it by December. We're still going to keep working on it. The real reality is, we already know that it's possible. Yeah. In the yep. past couple of years, we have not been able to pull the trigger on it because we really, really do not know how many people will actually shoot 220 film since it's just two rolls of 120, yeah, right? Right. Yeah. But also, that's another reason why if we can do it, why not shoot 220, guys? Yeah. Let's make some 220 right. film because it's just two rolls of 120 and it, it's not unachievable. It just makes um, it easier for people who want to be able to shoot a lot quickly. Yeah. At, like say an mm-hmm. event or yeah. something to do that. And like I always hated at weddings having to every 10 on six, seven, every 10 frames having to reload my camera, even just mm-hmm. during a portrait, yeah. I would go through 10 frames in two minutes. Yeah. Yep. 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 We, we know 220 is possible. That's why we're doing this. We yep. wouldn't do it if we didn't know that it was possible. Um, we just don't know what's practical. 
Like, should we do it? We don't know that answer. I mean, I think you should. I okay. definitely yeah, think yeah. you should. <laughs> I have a bunch of 220 backs that got yeah. a bunch of dust on them that need some use. <laughs> yeah, those, those backs are hungry. Well, let's hear from they everybody. Are. Let's be who has those 220 backs. Like, tell us how much you want. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what this whole campaign's been about. And now we've reached an, a tipping point where we find it achievable to do the 220 as well, which we were crossing our fingers for for a while. And this is the opportunity to actually put down how much should be made at first, which will tell us how much to continue making and so on and so forth. And if we don't reach our, our goal to make 220 possible, we don't reach it. It doesn't mean we're not going to pursue it. It just means it's not going to have as much backing behind it for us yeah. to do it. And we'll honestly, it differently. the reason the goal is set where it's at is if we don't reach the goal, sure, maybe we can make it, but it's not. it doesn't give us any guarantees. We're not certain that people right. really want it. Um, so it might come out later. You know, it might come <laughs> like, out later. More time to yeah. develop something that's a little bit more nimble and niche to make a bit of it, as yeah. opposed to really going into full production. Correct. But that's fine if if people don't want two twenty, and some people do, just buy two rolls of one twenty. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what we we would do if if uh, we don't reach our goal and people have backed for the levels that have two twenty in them, but we don't reach the goal to make sure we can do it, and, or especially if it's like very few people back. Mm-hmm. That was get converted into two rolls of one twenty at least, so that we can give them something. They're not gonna get stuck waiting for something. That's yeah, never gonna happen. yeah. Right. Right. Never, right. Well, that's yeah. great though, too. Yeah, the two twenty back specifically. <laughs> <laughs> if the if the two twenty thing does kick off, you guys find your way of doing it, and and everything works. Do you think your other stocks will kind of go into that, or is this only like a four hundred situation where you can do we it with think, that? We think four hundred is an ideal place to start. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll just be good at that. Yeah. I can't make a promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't imagine some like 800T and 220. I'd be going crazy. <laughs> I don't know if you remember we did our two uh, our 120 campaign on Indiegogo back in the day. And that's yep. how we made 120 possible. And that was a lot. Um, yeah. But uh, we hit all all the main goals but didn't quite reach that 4x5 goal. Yeah. But you know what? Like I'm saying, like we do our best. So, we still fulfilled 4x5 even though we told people, hey, if you back the 4x5 level of Grandpa Graflex – if we can't get it, you're going to get this much 120 instead. So kind of same principle. Make sure everybody's yeah. rewarded um, and not isn't strung along. But we still made some. Yeah, we did. We still made some with the intention. It was a limited release. Yeah, we, and we, now we know the potential of how to do it, which allowed us to create a level on this campaign. And you'll notice our other films became 120 eventually as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You can kind of guess the reason that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> at all. And we, there's a theme. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> if we meet the goal. Most likely, yeah. not only will we make it in 400D and make it readily available in the future, but why not more films? Yeah. Enough. Oh, yeah. Uh, if we don't have a goal, we're still yeah. going to do our best to make it happen for those who backed it, etc. But, but yeah. we know we have our priorities. The people, like the more support we get for certain things, we're not going to waste our time and let 35 millimeter go out of stock. We yeah. have these priorities. Our number one product <laughs> up to now has been 800T and 35 millimeter. Hmm. Still yeah. today. And we don't neglect that because j- just because we want to do new things, we make sure that, well, first and foremost, we need to fulfill for people who are counting on this first. Mm-hmm. And that's right. what's so unique about what and why we're able to do the 400D is because we know it's not cannibalizing our interests in other things. It can basically go as high as we need it to go, we believe. And the more support we get, the more we can make sure that we're not cannibalizing our other efforts and people can count on just gauging more film being on the market. Yeah. So good to hear. Yeah. So a little birdie told me you guys have another exciting thing coming down the pipeline. The birdie's name is Andre. Hi, Andre. <laughs> Something about teaching people how to develop their film, right? Something called Analog Academy? Yeah. Yeah. We like – well, as we've been saying a lot, we like to collaborate. Yeah. Collaborate with people who've been around a lot longer than us. And George Eastman House is the perfect place to collaborate. They wow. are amazing. Especially for education. Look them yeah. up. Anybody listening, oh. go check it, check it out. If you're in Rochester, definitely go to the museum. Um, but they, they're big on education. We're big on education. We want to keep pursuing that and making sure that analog is accessible to people and understood. And they believe in that too. So we partnered with George Eastman House, which is incredible for us. It's kind of like the old world meets the new and we're working together to do education on um, basically how to process, shoot and process film. Yeah, it's a series of classes that these people have to shoot and process their own film. And it's going to be led by Andre Dominguez. And- our Andre Dominguez. <laughs> <laughs> love that guy. 
from George Eastman Museum, who is a wizard of photography and knows everything. He's um, a, but mm-hmm. it's not, don't worry, just because they're really smart and do all these weird alternative stuff. This is going to be a basic intro class. Yeah. It's going to make it easy and accessible to process your own film. First class starts at the end of this month. Yeah, he's a master of, of and it's online <laughs> of all photographic processes. He's like he his role is he's a historic process specialist and for a reputable museum that basically invented modern photography. So, <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. an expert. <laughs> and then Andre, so he's qualified, very smart. He he's like a head of customer service. He knows everything that we know. Yeah, and when it comes to film and our, our products, and it's just going to be a perfect combination that I recommend getting into. Yeah, if you're intimidated and don't know how to get processing your own film. That's what this was built for. It's 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 also even interesting for somebody like me who like I that's how I started like seventeen in my parents' basement like you know yeah. asphyxiating myself basically because <laughs> there's no <laughs> ventilation down there. You know I developed them in my sink, went down in the dark room, but like I've lost a lot of it because it's been twenty years. So yeah. I'm like super interested to like sign up just as like a refresh, yeah. you know, to like gain my confidence back. Yeah. Totally. How is the format going to be? Is it, is it a live thing where you have to like, it starts at 6 PM show up or is it like downloadable? What's the format? So if you need to find out more about like the details of how it's going to happen, if you go to eastman.org forward slash analog Academy, uh, it's all outlined there and that's how you would sign up, but it's going cool. to be four classes that will be live. Yep. And I guess there'll be assignments between them, but it's oh, Nick cool. and Andre who have built this curriculum. So I don't know all the details, honestly. Yes. Yeah. Send us an email and if you have an, go to East, eastman.org forward slash analog academy. And if you have any info. more questions, you can contact them or you can go to cinestillfilm.com and reach out to us and talk to Andre. <laughs> yeah. We'll leave, we'll leave a link in the show notes too with all that information. Right, yeah. But yeah, <clears throat> this is the first of its kind. Um, and, that's exciting. Yeah, yeah and I, I hope it is popular. Up, we're very excited to do this. Um, yeah, experience in this already. We have some experience in the new way to do things and simplifying the process. I can't wait to see what comes out of it and where it goes in the future. Hopefully, it's something we do all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. 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 So cool. Yeah. We'll be right back with the listener question for the guys right after this message from our sponsor. Just wanted to pop in and let you guys know about our Patreon-only Develop and Hang Nights. Now, we've done a bunch of these already. We develop some film. We talk shop. We laugh. We have a great time. It's just a great little monthly thing we like to do with our Patreons. You know, just hang out, develop, have fun. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. It is the best way to help support the show. Thanks, guys. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we break off and take a question from one of our listeners. And this week's question comes from Travis Canada. And they wanted to know, any plans on releasing your color 35 millimeter film in 100 foot rolls for us to bulk load? That's a really good question. Mm. It's not something where so we have done really <laughs> for retail. Um, we have we actually have let it be a certain tier in our Indiegogo campaign for 120. That way, the people who are fans of 35 can still participate, right? Oh, and we also cool. 35 as part of it as well. And we made it and fulfilled it. Uh, but we didn't make it available for retail. We mm. didn't make it available for, for retail. I can get a few into, reasons why. Yeah, I can get into why. Mostly has to do with quality. Now, making a film and finishing it into boxes and cassettes, I see where this question is coming from. That makes the film more expensive, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, it's a waste. Let's be really efficient and bulk load. Well, there are a few issues with bulk loading when it comes to quality, though, especially with a film as sensitive as 800T yeah. that yeah. You, you touch it wrong, handle it wrong, you get marks and stuff on it. Because uh, when something's sens- that sensitive to light and has that good of shadow detail, it's sensitive to all kinds of influence, whether it's uh, pressure marks or static discharge. Wow. Uh, where other films, a small static spark is still below its base density. It would never show up. ART will show you everything that happened to it. It Honestly, has like a history even, of recorded on its surface. Of, even wow. Wow. <laughs> There's so much sensitivity in the yeah. shadows. It picks up stuff that you wouldn't think it does. And that's outside of the already, I assume most people realize when you bulk load, sometimes you can scratch your film. That's it. That's yeah. like any film. Mm-hmm. You can scratch right. your film. The bulk loading cassettes don't always close as well or don't have as good a felt. Mm-hmm. Um, so light can pipe in more. And there's also the, the issue of plastic cassettes tend to generate more static electricity. And I don't see any reloadable cassettes that are metal. And then the last is recycling metal cassettes. Totally cool. We've mm-hmm. done it. Mm-hmm. We started with beta testing. I still do it sometimes. It's, 
I'm not against it, but we're not going to make a product available for the market that this is going to result in a lot of people having issues. Issues, and those, yeah. Even, even recycling cassettes, it's great to not waste things. Recycled cassettes get little pieces of dust yeah. in the felt. I appreciate the scratch. we bulk loaded, right? Yeah, so like yeah. We, yeah. Well, we would bulk load stuff. And um, honestly, that's how we figured out that you can motion picture and still camera, even though it was really hard and we had to find a better way to do it. Yeah. We were both one. So I get <laughs> right, 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 right. Both footed films out there that are still available in like black and white. And you compare that to the price of a 36 exposure roll. You can kind of extrapolate why we don't think it's worth it. It's, are we going to save someone a dollar? Yeah. Yeah. And then have a negative yeah. experience. So it's a really good question. And, and fresh it's something films the I'd best be film. That's the yeah. other thing. Fresh film's the best film. Yeah. If you keep this in your fridge, how long is it going to take you to go through 100 feet? Well, for some people, they'll think we'll go through it fast. And three years later, hmm. they have expired. Yep. Yep. That's not great. And it's not even marked. So, yeah. um, All right. We decided not to, even though we did release a little bit during that Indiegogo campaign. But yep. the feedback was kind of minimal demand. One. Yeah. And also we had some problems with people being like, wow, I messed up my film because it's so sensitive. Yeah. So, we listened to the long the, story short. We listened to the probably customer. not unless yeah. there's um, an increase in demand for bulk loading and we have a format that mm-hmm. kind of suits it better. Yeah. yeah. Like we've been saying, we listen to our community and part of that is running a campaign giving yeah. people an option to try it and we get feedback and Bohm is a great film to bulk load because it is a cheaper film. Mm hmm. <laughs> so yeah. a large portion of the cost of that film is the cassette where yeah. our film is a premium product. It's pretty expensive. So the cassette's only <laughs> right. a small portion of yeah. the cost of developing and releasing it. So exactly. Yeah. I get it though. <laughs> if there was a huge shortage of cassettes and there was no way for us because people film without bulk loading, I think we'd be more likely to embrace You'd it. Have to figure yeah. it right. We have right, right. good cassettes that are finished without scratches and we can give you, your images are way more valuable. Yes. Than right. the film. We want to make sure your images turn out. The films were right, great, but it's not really worth much until you put your images on. Correct. You're right. You're right. That's a good answer. I like that. Yeah. But good question. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's two of you. The second, the camera question is going to be very interesting here. I can't wait to. Uh, so every show we do the desert island camera question. You know, uh, you can only take one with you. Yada yada yada. Um, so I guess you can go one at a time. What is your, <laughs> you know, the rest of your life? What's it going to be and why? So. Here's the thing. <laughs> I have a lot of cameras. I have a lot of uh-huh. cameras. Favorite, and then stop being my favorite, and then now this one's my favorite. Yep. Now the game. We had a question. I mean, at the end of last year, we did for Cinestill staff on our YouTube channel. We did everybody who works at Cinestill. What's your favorite film camera? Dude, such yeah. a great video, by the way. I love that yeah, video. Yeah, yeah. A lot of different opinions and a lot of cool cameras that you get to see, and you get to see who we work with. Yeah, and our people are great. I love everyone. Anyways, um, back to it. There's no wrong answer. You can see what I said then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Changed. Right? But um, I think Desert Island only camera is going to be the most reliable camera, right? The mm-hmm. camera I can pack the most film with and shoot yep. the most amount of photos. I'm assuming that I have a lab on the Desert Island. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a photo lab there. Okay. But, but I think I'm probably going to go – no battery, like an M2. Nice. Oh, I think that's a first. I get a couple of first, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You can have your little lens caddy with you. (laughs) Yeah. um, But then I got all these weird 4x5 cameras, Mm -hmm. instant cameras. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I love. But I think right now, just that, how I feel now, ask me tomorrow, might be different. (laughs) Dual range, zoom, and a wide angle lens. That'd be great. Nice. Solid. What do you think? Next. Right now, it would probably be my Pablo Makina. Oh, this Pablo Makina six seven and the Pablo Makina six seven W or the W six seven. The wide angle six seven is new, awesome. New I cameras. Want, I want to bring both of them, but I think in a in a pinch, I'd just grab one of them and <laughs> hopefully it's the one I need. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's such Pablo- a beautiful camera, though. Oh. Yeah, yeah, right. it's all mechanical as well. Like, so if if it's the criteria of Desert Island, uh, it's going to be yep, yep. for a long time as long as I have film and and lap. That camera, I, I've traveled with it a bunch. I took it on my honeymoon, and both those cameras, the wide-angle Pobble as well, are just so easy to use, a pleasure, compact. Mm. And they're basically like a giant Leica M2 anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so second part of this, I mean, you guys, I know you've tried probably every camera in the yeah, world. Yeah. Um, 
but no the second <laughs> the second question is the white whale you know is there one out there that you've always wanted to try that you never got to shoot or never or you did shoot but you just you need it you know and you you don't have it right now okay so i think right now my white whale i just got uh-oh <laughs> that's an amazing I got, feeling i got the, the fuji natura black point and shoot camera it's a 1.9 24 millimeter lens and a point and shoot and it has the uh i think it's a natura mode on it where it shoots without a flash and low light Ooh, great with a yeah it's a very small i don't have it on me that's in the car Um, i I know i i've seen them they're they're, yeah fuji natura point and shoots there are a few different models but the fuji natura black 1.9 it's okay tiny and it's got a 24 millimeter 1.9 lens that is amazing it's oh. sharp what? clear it's got a shallow depth of field in a point and shoot yeah it's amazing that's yeah. amazing so i've only shot a couple rolls through it so far and it's blowing my mind well you've had oh. you also had to hack the dx code so that right. tricks it to, so that so it's 1600 film it's made to pair uh, with the fuji yeah. natura film which is 1600 yeah. so yeah, oh, yeah, 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 cool. yeah yeah okay so if you put film in that's 1600 or faster it disables the flash completely yeah um, really? 800T Wild. Has, 800T can be shot at 1600, but it has an 800 speed DX code. Oh, so I see. You turn on the camera, you had to manually go in and disable the flash. Mm-hmm. So I just hacked the DX code with a little speaker wire and electrical <laughs> thing, so it thinks that every film is 1600. Oh, wow. I love that. That's cool. And then you can push process or put a little ND filter over the light meter. Yeah. That yeah. Makes it think 16 is really 8. And, you know. um, but yeah, Wild. that's a pretty cool So camera. that's. I think that's not my only white male, but that one is at the forefront of my mind. That's a, yeah. a hard camera to come by. I actually, mine's broken. The The back screen doesn't work, but mm. point and shoot. And it's actually doing amazing, even though the, the back screen doesn't light up. How Man. did you acquire it? Was that like an eBay thing? It was an eBay thing. So the camera's like $900 usually Yay. for point and shoot. Um, yeah. But I got it for 300 because the back screen wasn't working. Sick. Dude, solid so, deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. Buy one in, in good condition that's fully working. Now. Right now it's a, it's a one. <laughs> right now it's just probably. a 1.9 <laughs> lens that I have made it to shoot 1600 speed foam in low light with no flash which yeah, is awesome yeah. that's what i will mostly use it for yeah i think i want to get one that fully works now because i thought <laughs> when, you have, when you have never seen one of those cameras in real life and you've heard things you've seen blog posts some of the images are good some of them are bad yeah. you, you don't know what to think you like everyone's got an opinion but this is such a work right. i've never even held one so your white whale is yeah. a fully functioning natural black there we go yeah that's my <laughs> yeah, yeah. there you go there you go yeah um my I would say X-Pan. Oh, mm. me too. Me too. I, I, I've used it, so it's not like I'm allowed to say something I've used, right? So, yes, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish I could own. Um, I think that one, that that's one that a lot of people have owned briefly and sold because it holds so much value. And then people yeah. also like to share their images on social media and stuff. And that those panels are hard to share. So, it's I think hard, it yeah. ends up collecting dust, not because people don't love it. But they, they don't know how to present it. It's like, how do you share yeah. this? Mm-hmm. It's difficult. Even on a regular computer screen on a website, those panos are like, man, I wish I could get bigger, you know? Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah. something that... Um, That'll be a printing camera. Yeah, that's one I want. I want yeah, totally. I'll always print like, a nice big print so that you can actually prove uh, it. See, I love panos. They're one of my favorites. I, yeah. I just love that. Mm. So it's so cinematic, not to sound like that. <laughs> it's it's cool having to compose in such a wide format that's not very tall. It's you're taking pictures of multiple things at once. You always yeah. end up yeah you yeah. have multiple compositions happening. Cool um, because it's so wide that like you end up with yeah like, you have to pay attention to both sides of your frame. You know <laughs> yeah for real. It's kind of why I like square format. I like square format a lot because it's just yeah it forces square. you into one one mm-hmm. circle. Yeah, it's just like this is right. it. You don't rotate it. You don't change. You got to make it right, right, right. Square, and it kind of like limits it down to like this is what I'm shooting. Yeah, X pan opposite. Also Hasselblad. Is yeah, the complete opposite. opposite. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, yeah, I think there's a lot yeah. of other whales. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I my list is never ending. Same, and it's always changing. Like, like you said. It's Favorite camera is always changing. What I want mm-hmm. next is always changing. It's yeah. Well, what's good about buying film cameras these days mm-hmm. is there's still a lot of them available. There's more and more people working on them, which is good. We need more. Um, yeah. And their resale value, man. Well, let's be honest. You get a good camera, you take care of it, you probably can resell it for more in a year or two. Right. Yeah. Yep. And, and just to add a point to that, remember, if you account for inflation, all these cameras were very, 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 very expensive. 
Prices are going up, but it's still cheap. Still cheaper They're than still they were. Cheaper than they yeah. Were. Yeah. So we forget I that. Too much about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's so true. That won't, they don't lose value. Yeah. They're in a That's day and age. That's the one thing. You buy a digital camera in two years, it's worth nothing. Well, it's, right. it's, it's yeah. crazy. Well, like the bit of a one, but yeah, you yeah. Can see, like, they wear out and like their digital sensors. They start getting weird and mm-hmm. digital. Yeah, film cameras. Like, I mean, you can't buy every film camera you want unless you're a millionaire and keep it. Yeah, I'm a Leica enthusiast, but I don't have any fancy Leicas. I got an M2, but I got a good yeah. deal on. I probably will never get rid of that one. Yeah. But like. I think I've cycled cameras. And I, mean, yeah. Yeah, I regret getting oh, rid of yeah. the camera every time. But that's how you can try more cameras. And it's fun. Mm-hmm. Swapping cameras with friends is also a lot of fun. That is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's funny that you say that because I, I just bought a digital camera and returned it. And in my <laughs> mind, I knew, like, I have to return it because I won't be able to sell it for as much as I paid because it's digital. Like, <laughs> it's true. But with, with film, I never worry about that. So that's true. It's funny. Good answers, guys. Yeah, good yeah, answers, guys. This was a lot of fun. This was this was one of our check bucket it off list. the box yeah, as far as guests. So thank you for taking the time. We're very excited yeah. for everything you guys have going on right now and in the future. Where can everybody check out the campaign? Is it the Instagram? Do you want to? If you guys want to plug yeah, your individual cool. inst- stuff too, you if can do that. If you're an Instagrammer, go to you know Instagram. Our handle is Cinestill Film. We have a link to the campaign for 400 Dynamic right there at the top. Um, Perfect. We've got some stories on there and sample images that are popping up in the feed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be sharing a lot of them, obviously, over the next couple of months as the early birds start getting their results back and sharing them. Mm. Yeah. Very excited. That's, I mean, that's the most exciting thing about yeah. it. Is yeah. Seeing what people do with it. So, oh, my gosh. Go that's so cool. There. If you want to go straight to our website mm-hmm. or straight to the campaign, it's cinestillfilm.com. For the campaign is cinestillfilm.com forward slash 400D. And so try to keep it simple. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Amazing. Let us know what you think. Do you want yeah. 220? Do you want community? Do you want, do you want listeners? You want I do. Come on, guys. Let's yeah. rally. <laughs> Circle pit right now for 220. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, social media, share people, get people supported and excited about it. I don't, anybody who wants 220, I don't want them to miss this. Right? Yeah. If you have a friend right. who likes 220 and they wish it came back, let them know because we want to hear from them and we want to know how much demand there is for this product. So, yeah. you know, if there is, we want to fill that. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we're here. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. First off, Chris and I would like to thank Brandon and Brian Wright of Cinestill for taking the time to come on here and give us your story and talk about the new 400D. And, you know, we've been planning on doing something for a while now, and it it was great to finally get you guys on the show. We had a blast, and, you know, we can't express enough how much we love what you guys are doing. The whole Cinestill team, congrats on the new film. This is amazing. Thanks so much, guys. That's going to take us to Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. For only a buck, you can get the show two days early. We also have our Patreon only developing hang nights and a bunch of other stuff over there for you to check out. If that sounds like something you're interested in, head over to patreon.com slash analog talk. As said before, Patreon is the best way to help support the show. And for the Patreons who already help support the show, guys, we do not know what we would do without you. Yeah, that's going to be it for this week's episode. Chris and I did forget to tag our socials at the end, but they're always listed in the show notes, along with some links of the of the guests and, and all kinds of stuff. So make sure you guys go and check that out. Until next week, we'll see you guys with an all-new episode. Take care. Later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.